0: Welcome to the New Money Habits podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa.
1: Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. Alongside me, it's my partner on the airways, as always, Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello. How are you doing and how are you holding up in southern Texas?
0: Oh, you know what? We're doing pretty well and we're getting ready to travel. We'll be on the road uh, in a couple of days, a um, couple of days after this recording. So we absolutely love it here. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little sad to leave. You know, most locations, were like, okay, we're ready. You know, we've been here for like three weeks. We're ready to get on to the new one. Um, but we love it here so much that it is, it's, this one's hard to leave. This one's mm. hard to leave. So, um, but we'll be back in Arizona in a uh, little over a week. So we do love it there too. So, you know, leaving one, you know, place that we love to get to another place that we love.
1: So then the the question becomes, like, do you, do you see you got yourselves settling anywhere maybe not, like, anytime soon in the short term, but, like, long term. Can you see yourselves giving up the the RV life and going back to, like, a rooted, we live in this one place year-round?
0: Uh, the thought of that makes me a little nauseous. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
0: The, the, the thought of owning a home again and all the work that, like... RV life is a lot of work. So I don't want to, you know, glamorize that part of it because it is a lot of work. And, and it's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of upkeep. Probably 10 times what you do on a home. I mean, it's, it's a lot. But a home is... I think I just have the travel bug, Nino. I don't know. It Mm -hmm. just, the thought of just being in one place. Now we have thought about, you know, maybe if we purchase like places, you know, like smaller homes in a couple of different locations, Mm -hmm. maybe we rent them out for, you know, short-term, you know, Mm -hmm. rentals or whatever. And then we've, we kind of always have these little places to go, like some of our favorite places where we could hang out for a couple of weeks, you know, or, or whatever. We have talked about that, but I am not ready for purchasing a home to like settle down. And I don't see that happening. I, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. Life can throw all kinds of crazy stuff your way. Right. And so yeah. I never really know, but not right now. I think we'll, we'll keep rolling down the road for a while.
1: All right. Yep. Yeah, nauseous. I. That was <laughs> the answer. Like that ain't <laughs> happening anytime soon. Love the idea of uh multiple places that uh become you know streams of income that you get mm-hmm. to vacation at when you want to, but um are then open and, and making you money uh in the interim. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do an episode about that one day, but that day is not today. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna talk about assets today, but we're actually mm-hmm. gonna talk about them in the other way. We're gonna talk about selling assets to pay off debts, and we'll kind of get into uh, maybe even a couple of client stories about when, how, why, all of that. But before we do that, don't miss out on valuable financial insights. Subscribe to the New Money Habits podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips, host expert guests, and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related. Hit that subscribe button, button now and join our community of savvy listeners. So yeah, today we want to talk about assets, but we want to talk about when, why, and how would you sell assets to pay off debts?
0: Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a good episode because I th- I'm just going to say that there are in particular one financial guru out there, right, that that really kind of I think hits home the point of sell anything that you can just to get out of debt. Mhm. Right? And you know, maybe that's not right for everybody right? Maybe, maybe it's not right for everybody, but how do you know when it is really right for you? How do you know maybe what assets that you could sell, right? Um, There's just, there's so much involved in this, Nino, and I think it's worth having the conversation so people can ask themselves and go through this whole process because it doesn't have to be an all or nothing deal, Right. right? It doesn't have to be sell everything just to get out of debt because we've talked about this before not all debt is bad, right? Like we don't have to, um, put, make people feel shameful or guilty for having debt. Like that's not what this is about. So I don't believe that you need to sell everything, all of your assets just to get out of debt. I don't think that that's appropriate for maybe even most people. I don't know, but, um, you don't, you don't have to say, Hey, I'm keeping all of this eat, right? Like I'm keeping everything. I'm not getting rid of anything and I'll just uh, you know, make some more money to pay the debt off. I think it doesn't have to be an all or nothing deal, yeah. right? There, there's so many options here, and I just, I think it's good to talk about them.
1: Yeah, not only is it not all or nothing, it's what works for one person may not work for another. Uh, when we get into um, a particular client case that uh, I want to share today, I think about the factors that really drove them to make that decision were very different than say even my own because i have considered selling off assets the same way they did but my situation was very different and we'll we'll highlight some of those differences to kind of show like sometimes it really is uh right for one person and and not right for another
0: Mm -hmm. for sure and I, i think that that's important to highlight and and um you know, again, it, and it doesn't have to be an all or nothing, right? We personally, um, we did not sell any assets to get out of debt. Now, I mean, we might've sold an extra table that we had in the garage or, you know, something like that, smaller things, but we did not, when we were on our debt-free journey twice, (laughs) um, we didn't sell assets to pay off our debt. Um, and, I have had clients that have sold a lot of their assets to pay off debt, right? And so it can go either way. It just depends on so many things that we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah. So I want to maybe get the conversation started by sharing um, where I want to illustrate the it's not all or nothing. Uh, When my wife and I decided that we were going to create our new money habits in 2012 and the beginning of 2013. One of the things that uh, we were looking at is I had recently uh, been laid off, but then rehired uh, by my employer to work from home. So now I was working from home and I did not have a 37 mile commute any longer. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't home alone with our two year old at the time. Right now I was going to be home. And so now we had two cars sitting in the garage. And as I was thinking about how I wanted to get out of some of our consumer debt, so credit cards and department cards and lines of credit and auto loans, I was looking at this second car we had purchased to ensure that she had a car while she was at home and I had a car to get to and from work. And I was like, we don't need this anymore. And so we sold an asset. We sold one of those cars to get out of the loan. And truth be told, when I sold the car off uh to like one of these places that buys cars and then resells them, I did have to write a check for three hundred bucks. but the three hundred bucks got me out of seven thousand dollars of debt so i was I was almost more than happy to write that check sell off the rest of it, and be out of of that debt and so that was uh that was one of the biggest assets in in if I had to really think about it, probably one of the only assets other than having like garage sales and getting rid of stuff in the house that we sold.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's so interesting, you know, and and I will be honest, I think we had some assets that we could have sold, but we weren't willing to do it. Mm. We were not willing. Um, at the time we, we really followed, like we cleaned out the garage, we cleaned out all the, storage, you know, and we definitely had some garage sales and used that cash to put towards some extra payments, but we never sold any of our bigger assets because it wasn't something that we were willing to do Mm. after, you know, number one, running the numbers and just deciding like, it didn't make sense for us because the assets that we had, um, we still owed money on. We didn't have anything for a long time, right. That was, that was even paid off that we could have so that it would have made a a significant difference for us because we didn't have the money to go and pay cash for another car. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we didn't want to sell one vehicle for a loan on, on something else. But what's so interesting again, is that we kind of ran the numbers, right. And, and could there have been some different choices? Of course. Um, But we really had to decide, you know, was this a good idea to sell an asset, you know, and, and this is something that I talk about my clients with, you know, when is it a good idea to sell some of your assets to pay down your debt? And I think it, it obviously, it always, there's several factors, right, that, that this decision depends on, but um, it's what's most important for you, I, you know, I've had some clients that had kind of some, I'll I'll use air quotes around toys, you know, sitting around that, that had payments on them, but there was still equity. So, you know, they could sell it for a profit, right. For more Mm -hmm. than what they owed on it. And, um, some clients in particular, I remember we were kind of coming into, um, fall and, and kind of the holiday time, right. And they had, um, some four wheelers and they had a camper and they're like you know what we're probably not going to be using these during the winter months we've got 6 months or so that we're really not going to be using these and what's more important for us is that we get some of these payments off of our plate right and and we just and so they chose to sell those four wheelers and they chose to sell the camper and get them paid off and For them, that was the right time. They knew that they weren't going to be using them for a couple of months. You factor in insurance for them, you know, just the winterization, Mm -hmm. the upkeep and everything. They're like, you know what? Maybe it's time for us to just get rid of them. And then we can buy them later on when we've got the money and it's going to feel so much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, to that point here we are all these years later, 10 years later, and we now have two cars again, right? Uh, so th- these decisions are usually first season. It's so that you can pay off debt and you can, you can go about acquiring these things in a different, more, uh, fiscally responsible way mm-hmm. than maybe you did the first time around. Um, you had said there, um, you know, one of the first things to consider is what's important to you. Right. And mm-hmm. so um, it's the classic, because when we're talking about selling off assets to pay debts, it's the classic, it depends, right? Like when is it right? And and why would you do it? Well, it depends. And the first element of that is what's important to you. And, and so I know for my wife and I, it was really important that we get out of different monthly payments that we had and whatnot. So selling off that car um, got us out of that seven thousand dollar loan, and so we didn't have to pay the two hundred and fifty bucks or three hundred bucks a month anymore. And and it wasn't just about the monthly payment because to your point, there is insurance, there is registration, there is maintenance, and so there are other costs associated with. Owning and operating that particular asset, in our case, that I also had to consider, and and so it wasn't just getting out of the monthly payment and the loan itself, but alleviating some of those other costs associated with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, and and you know, I think I think really what a lot of this comes down to, too, when it you're when you're really going over what is important for you it can be really hard to sell something that you enjoy, right? When when I know for a lot of my clients, myself included, we don't necessarily want to get rid of the stuff that maybe helps us forget that we're having some financial troubles, right? Maybe we like to get out on the four-wheelers, you know, those toys. Maybe we like to go to the lake, you know, on on the boat and and it helps us to spend time with friends and it kind of just gets us away from our day-to-day and the frustrations of money. Mm -hmm. but it really is, Nino, I think about looking at kind of the long-term, right? Mm -hmm. Like what do I want long-term and what really is important? And what can I do in the short term that I can still kind of get away from my day-to-day problems, right? What can I do to still hang out with my friends and and still have fun, but also is supporting my long-term goals. And if having I'm just going to say the boat to go with that same, if having that boat and and that payment is causing too much stress, more stress than what peace it's giving me, right? And what fun it's giving me, then maybe it's time to say, Hey, you know what? This needs to go down the road. I can borrow a friend's boat. Hey, a lot of my friends have boats. We can go out with them and, and hang out with them. I don't have to have my own right now. Mm -hmm. right now, because to your point, this only has to be for a season, right? It's not Mm -hmm. saying you get rid of it and you never get to get these things again forever, right? It's just for a period of time until you really get into a new season of life. And, and, um, I think when you're looking at it, I just want to share too, really quickly. I've had some clients that have sold some things, right? And it felt really great because they sold them and they paid down debt. And guess what? They didn't have the habits built yet <laughs> to support that. And it caused a lot of frustration. They used it as kind of a, I don't want to say get rich quick, but solve all my problems right away, kind of a deal. Right. And so when you're selling assets to pay off some debt, you really also have to be working on your habits and your behaviors with money. So you know that you are making choices that are going to last you a lifetime, not just the meantime.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to that point about knowing the long-term plan, um, I I remember this was quite some time ago now, but I was working with um, a young couple, and uh, they had been recently married, maybe like two, three years, I guess, um, and they had purchased a home, but they purchased a home that was just a little out of their price range. I mean, it's that classic, we're in our mid-20s, maybe our late 20s but we bought a house that's nicer than the house our parents live in like Mm. you're not ready to do that right (laughs) um so they bought a little bit more house than they could afford and it was an older home that needed attention so you know barely able to kind of make the monthly payment and now you're you're like yeah but this needs to be renovated and, and this needs to be updated and So as we talked more and more about their financial situation, but also the habits that they wanted to build up for managing money well, the idea was just kind of tossed out. Like, you guys are at least – like, yes, you bought too much home for right now, but you guys are also benefiting from the market going up and that sort of thing. And so you're actually in a position where if you sold – There's enough to kind of hit the reset button. You'd be able to pay off all of the debt that you have because there were student loans and auto loans. And it's like, and you could just start with an absolute clean slate. But caution, right? Caution, like if you're gonna hit the reset button, at least know what are you gonna do differently? How are you gonna do that differently? So that you don't end up, back in the same spot. And over time, they eventually pulled the trigger and they said, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to sell the house. And they sold the house. They paid off all the debt. They had a little bit of cash reserves left. And then the next thing was, we are going to rent for a year or two. And in that year or two, we are going to save a 20% down payment. We're going to be More mindful this time when, when buying a home, where it's going to be located, the age of it, the work that needs to be done, these types of things. And it was just a fantastic transformation because in that, that year that they're, they're saving up to buy a home, they have their first child. And, and so life just started looking differently and they felt differently, um, because they knew, Hey, we're debt free. Yes, we're paying rent right now, which stunk, but it's giving us the flexibility to not be locked into a particular neighborhood. We can we can do a little bit more research and, and all that stuff. And so it was just a, an incredible reset button, but not without a lot of consideration for how to do things differently the second time around.
0: Yeah. And really, I think this is, this is so great because you're going into it the second time with more experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't really turn the clock backwards, but you can use that 2020 hindsight and say, I wish we would have done X, Y, and Z. You can use that information now going forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the benefit of kind of the reset, right? You can't take the first Decision away, but you can reset it. So going forward, it can look completely different. And, and when you don't have a good plan in place, Nino, and you don't have the habits to support that, this is where I see it all the time. I'm sure you do as well. People refinance their home and pull equity out, right? To, to pay off their debt. But guess what happens? They come, they get themselves right back into credit card debt because they haven't built the habits around. Now that's not selling an asset. Kind of though, because you're, you're, you're pulling equity out of your home, right? And so that, that's, that's kind of like selling part of an asset, right? Of your home to, to pay this debt off. And if you don't have the the habits and the discipline built and you don't know what your long-term plan is, you're not doing yourselves any favor. And so if you are selling an asset, selling a vehicle, selling, um you know, some toys, right? Selling that boat or that camper. To pay off debt, but you don't have your plan and you don't have the discipline. I'm going to say, unfortunately, it probably isn't going to work out the way that you think it's going to work out. You're going to find Mm -hmm. yourself frustrated because you no longer have that item, you no longer have that asset, and you're back in debt again. Yeah, I see it over and over.
1: Right, that it it, that it's only a fix for a very short period of time without the habits. Right, you can sell something off. You can pay off all the debt, but if you haven't done anything to address your your uh, consumer-driven behaviors that led you into debt in the first place. It goes back to something we said on a recent episode about using credit cards, right? You don't use the credit card unless you have the cash to pay for that purchase. We're not saying you can't use a credit card. We're just saying don't use it unless you have the cash. And so, if you haven't built up that even that simple habit, then you can sell off all these things, some of some of which might bring you um, enjoyment. To get rid of the debt, feel like wow, that's awesome, big win, congratulations! And if you don't have that new habit, find yourself six, twelve, eighteen months later, in a similar position pulling your hair out like mm-hmm. what did i do and how did i get here
0: yeah and that's never good feeling right mm-hmm. i mean it, it it's never good feeling i just want to point out too i think sometimes when we're talking about when is it a good time you know to um sell an asset to pay down debt sometimes i will suggest things when clients have limited cash flow which means they their expenses are almost equal to their income or you know maybe they're living outside their means a little bit because they've got I have some clients in particular that their debt payments their debt payments um are 61% of their income Oof. 61% of their income are their debt payments guys that's tough that is tough and so yes we are suggesting i am suggesting or you know throwing the option out there like are there some assets that you have that we can sell because the cash flow isn't there right it's if we can sell an asset to pay off one of their debts that has a higher balance you know so maybe there's a a, a monthly payment that's four or five six hundred dollars if we can if we've got an asset that we can sell to take care of that then we've just changed right their cash flow by four five, six hundred dollars a month. And when somebody has more expenses than they do income, that makes a significant difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where I might suggest, like, hey, I know you don't really want to do this, but this could make a really big difference for you. And and is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it going to relieve some of the stress that you're feeling every month? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because a really we're, we're changing your cash flow, while we're always looking at ways to, you know, increase income. Right. And you you guys have heard me talk about it, but I always say there are four ways to, um, that you can go about, you know, really changing your financial situation each month, decrease expenses, increase income, do both or do neither. Right. You've got four choices (laughs) there. And so how do we, I like to do both, right? Like, I like choice number three, please let's do both. Let's decrease Mm -hmm. our expenses and increase our income. But a way that you can do some of that sometimes is selling some assets. Um, Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but sometimes it's almost necessary to get you. So you're not having late payments, right? You're not Mm -hmm. having bank maintenance fees hit you. You're, you're not putting all your groceries on a credit card and compounding the issue, right? Like there are some, some things that, if we can sell an asset to knock out some of those debts and, and to change some of the cash flow, boy, does it really help you in the short term too?
1: yeah, and I wanted to highlight um as a contrast uh to my client situation my own situation uh, a couple of times where I've thought, ooh, maybe I'll sell my home to pay off my debt and it, it just would not have been advantageous um. So there have been a, a number of different times where I've looked at the remaining amount of debt that we have. And, and for my wife and I, had student loans. And uh, as the market kind of increased beyond 2012, because 2012 was the bottom. So by like 2014, there was some equity. And by 2016, there was even more equity. And by 2018, it was like, wow, like, look at all this equity. And so each of those times, it's like I crunch the numbers and I'm like, well, if we sold the house, obviously we'd have to pay off that loan, but then there's enough equity to, and so we could hit the reset button. The problem is, I bought my house for $119,000 and I have a $750 mortgage payment. Where in the United States of America am I going to live for? For $750 a month. I'm not. And so while I've been tempted in the past to, to want to hit the reset button myself, I just, I bought such an inexpensive home that if I sold and took the equity out and then I, then I hit the reset button and then I had to try to buy back in. I, it's no, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Like, Back then in 2018, when I was crunching the numbers, it would be buying back into the market like at about $250 or $300,000. Well, well, we don't have that much in student loans. Like our mortgage and our student loans don't equal that. So that's just silliness and Mm -hmm. absurdity. Here we are a mere five years later and I could sell my house for 400 or more. And I'm, I'm, I love my home. This is not a $400,000 home it just isn't um and so uh i just wanted to, to to kind of illustrate as a contrast like sometimes hitting the reset button makes sense you know maybe you, you overbought you're in over your head you, you did it too soon but when you got a pretty rock solid situation going on don't blow that up just because you're trying to get out of debt Faster. So I've taken the, the longer approach to getting out of the student loans um, because I refuse to take out equity to pay them off. All that is is a shell game. Like you right. just transfer debt from one debt instrument to another debt instrument. Like you didn't get rid of debt. Right. And I won't sell. So not going to happen.
0: Right. And I think that that's a perfect example of when it might work and when it might not work, right? When Mm -hmm. it's really not advantageous. And that's where kind of running the numbers and looking at your long-term plan. Now, maybe, maybe if you guys were looking at leaving the Phoenix area, right, right, in a couple of years, right? Maybe even though rent could have been more than what you were paying for a mortgage, knowing that you wanted to maybe move in a couple of years, maybe it would have been wise, right? Sell it. Rent for a couple of years, take that equity, then we could be putting into our moving fund and our down payment for another home, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's really about looking at that long term plan as well, right? And what does my, what do the next five years of my life, what am I hoping to, to do? Where am I hoping to be? Right. And
1: yeah.
0: um, I think it's nice, you know, because I think sometimes people don't necessarily know, like, what are assets? And so um, we've talked about a couple, but let's just list a couple of assets that people might have that um, they could potentially sell. And I also want to put that there might be some that we say that we wouldn't necessarily advise selling, right? I think I've, um, and as we're going down, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that, but we've already talked about the home. Um, You know, that is an Mm -hmm. asset that you could potentially sell. May or may not be a good idea, as you've just illustrated, that wouldn't have necessarily worked for you. But for your clients, right? It worked really well for them. Yep. Um, And other asset, vehicles. So let's talk a little bit about this one. um, Because this one can be kind of tricky, I think, um, with selling vehicles.
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I mean, one of the first things we did was sell a car. And you know, I think when when people hear car, they don't necessarily think asset. But the truth of the matter is like this microphone in front of me is an asset. This keyboard in front of me is an asset. The computer in front of me is an asset. Now, some of these assets are are depreciating in value. And so they kind of turn themselves into liabilities if If I owe more on a car than what it's worth, then yes, technically on a balance sheet, that's a liability. But as I said, I sold my car and I owed $7,300. The the, uh, dealership offered me $7,000 for it. So I had to write a check to get out of it. But that was still an asset uh, nevertheless. I mean, so it's still something that I owned. With a bank lien on it, of course. Um, But, you know, I think people lose sight of the fact that a vehicle is still an asset. It doesn't always mean you have equity in it, but it's still an asset. It's something you own that has value, even if that value is depreciating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, when we're looking at vehicles, um, you know, I've, I've... had some tough conversations with some clients and saying, you know, listen, the amount that you're paying per month on this vehicle is staggering, quite frankly. And and I'm just going to be honest, the amount that people are paying for car payments per month these days, I think is absolutely staggering. Um, And I won't go into that whole debate, but Sometimes even if you don't have a lot of equity in your vehicle, sometimes if you can sell it and as you had to, you know, pay a little bit of money to get out of it and then still purchase another vehicle on a loan, you are still changing your financial situation, right? Because maybe you could go from a $750 a month payment down to a $300 a month payment. So that mm-hmm. effectively changes your cash flow by $400 a month, right? Um now, interest rates, you know, we could get into all of that, but it's still important to, to look at the numbers. And it doesn't mean that you're getting rid of something just to eliminate the payment or to eliminate the debt completely. Maybe you can reduce it, right? That really changes mm-hmm. your cash flow. And I think vehicles are one of those that, um, can be done if you get creative and you really look at your numbers, right? And, and there are some, There are some really great used cars out there. Do not tell me that there aren't because there are. Um, (laughs) There are. I'm looking at some to purchase as we speak actually, right? And so, um, but I think that's, they are still an asset. They still have value Mm -hmm. to them. Even if you owe money, even if you break even on it, right? You can eliminate that debt, eliminate that out of, and then purchase something that is, more affordable within your monthly budget, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not always getting rid of it altogether, but maybe you can lessen the payment each month.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um Another asset that comes to mind too is, um, and I, I have a client story for this one too, and that's investments. So um started working with a client a number of years ago. And as we were exploring the overall financial landscape, uh, realized that there was $17,000 in an investment account. And um, as we moved through some things and as we built up new money habits around things like debt and and really trying to get rid of debt, an understanding that like once we get rid of this debt, we're not going to take on new debt. Right. Like, actually, the first step to eliminating debt is don't take on any more new debt. But then you have to hold on to that as you get through the debt and you pay it off, you got to hold on to the no new debt. And so, um, after a few months of really building up that discipline, uh, the client was like, So I have this $17,000 sitting in this account and it's not really making any money. Like, it's barely invested. I think most of it was like maybe in the, in the cash um, account waiting to be invested. And he's like, I'd love to take this out and just knock off the rest of this credit card and just be done. And it's like, okay, well now, now we're in a position where you have the habits to do so. And you have this asset that, that if that's how you want to use it, of course. So, um, so yeah, you know, that just made me think of a, a, another asset that can be used to uh, change your financial situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good one. And, and one, I will say that I see a lot of people do that I, frankly, I don't necessarily agree with only on very, very um, specific terms is um, taken out of their retirement accounts to mm-hmm. pay off credit cards and such. I, um, you know, your retirement account is an asset. I think there are very, very few instances that um, I feel really good about people selling those or borrowing from, you know, a lot of times it would be a loan. I don't, don't give me that speech where you're just borrowing it from yourself and paying yourself back. No, you yep. it goes far deeper than that. Um, so while that is an asset, I 99% of the time do not suggest that. I don't want you to see borrowing and really, I call it stealing from your future Mm. um, to cover your past. I don't like that. So I like um, that.
1: I like that (laughs) expression.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Please don't, please don't do that. There are very specific and very few times where that can be a benefit. But, um, um, but there are a lot of different types of investments. Maybe um, some of those can be like you. with your client, right? Maybe that can be beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. but please don't just say, Oh, I've got this, you know, retirement account, or I've got this investment account. Let me sell it to pay off my credit cards. Uh, we need to run the numbers. Right. And it really goes oh, back yeah. to what is your long-term plan? What are your habits? This is not a, I get an inheritance and it's going to take care of everything because it never works that way, folks. That's right. Um, so other, you know, other assets are like collections or antiques that you might have. Right. Um, sometimes we keep them around cause we feel obligated, but maybe we don't actually want them anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't have any of those, so I wouldn't know anything <laughs> about that, <them>. but, <laughs> uh, but no, right. Like as, as I, that one, that's odd to me. So like, come from a rich Italian tradition of like heirlooms and things are handed down from generation to generation and they're supposed to be important and valuable and sometimes I'm like "What? what is sorry for all of our listeners who are probably like did, did we just lose Nino no I'm doing this thing where I'm like looking at my hand and and just staring off into space like what is you know So that's an odd one, you know, uh, collectibles, antiques, but certainly like if there is no sentimental value to something, um, and there's no real reason to keep it around. Um, one of the things like, and I'll, I'll I'll liken this to even just doing garage sales in the house. My wife and I talk about purging, right? So a lot of times people in their finances, they splurge. Christina and I like to purge. (laughs) What can we get rid of? So,
0: well, and I think, you know, I had a client that had some sports memorabilia, you know, a, a sports memorabilia collection that was worth, I'll say, a significant amount of money, about $75,000. Mm. Oh, right? wow. And so um, there wasn't necessarily, um, uh, there wasn't necessarily an emotional connection to it. It was something years past that he enjoyed. He collected, Mm. he purchased things. They have grown in value. It wasn't something that he's like, it was, he was kind of indifferent. Like I could keep it or I could not. Right. Well, if you've Mm. got some goals, right. You're maybe you've got some debt. Maybe you're trying to, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. That is an asset that if you really don't have, if you're kind of indifferent on it, this goes along, I think, kind of with the purging. Why keep something around that you're kind of indifferent on, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's use it in a way maybe that benefits us a little bit more. That's my feeling on it. Um, get rid of, for lack of a better word, clutter, right? Get rid of it. If, if it's not bringing you the joy that you want it to bring you anymore, let's sell that asset and the, let's use it then to benefit us down the road, right? In the long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it all circles back to what's important to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where it all starts. Well, another great conversation in the books. Uh, I really enjoyed this one uh, as I do each and every one of them. And for our listeners, if you're ready to take your financial growth to the next level, schedule your free discovery call with Sarah or myself today. During your personalized session, we'll discuss your specific financial, excuse me, financial goals. Gain clarity on your challenges and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call today and create the new money habits you need to achieve financial freedom. Well, like I said, Sarah, another great conversation, I think. Uh, thank you for um, having it with me and uh, we'll continue our conversation next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.